So integrated science of the absolute uh, chapter 6 karma darshanam translated here as instrumentalism. <clears throat> In the title of this chapter, the title of this chapter is karma and is generally translated as action. In the Indian spiritual tradition, however, karma on which the meaning of dharma depends as right action has varied meanings belonging to the context of ritualism and even to theories like reincarnation. Past karma conditions future birth. Not only is it to be understood in its philosophical sense, but it must also be distinguished from jnana, wisdom. Wisdom and action can be treated with or without contradiction, according to the horizontalized or verticalized relation in which they are treated. These matters will be clarified in the epilogue of this chapter. <clears throat> we have chosen the word instrumentalism for the title of this chapter. This is because it comes as near as possible to the purpose and content intended by Narayana Guru. Pure instrumentalism refers to a verticalized version of action and interaction between the self and the non-self. No crude mechanistic action is to be imagined here. Instead, something akin to the action of a man in meditation or even dream is what is meant. The first verse of the Karma Darshanam refers directly to this dream activity, suggesting a kind of a subtle kind of psychophysical interaction rather than an overtly mechanistic or unilateral form of activity. Instrumentalism is a fairly recent doctrine arising from the pragmatic outlook in the reconstruction of philosophy of William James, John Dewey and others. <clears throat> Both these men were inspired by the more penetrating and profound philosophy of Charles S. Pierce. This new outlook has now become established and in its own way is full of promise. Philosophy and science can only merge into each other when this method is further perfected and prolonged into more truly contemplative and philosophical domains. It was because of the rare philosophical intuition of Bergson, who took up a more scientific line of thought, than a kind of, that a kind of counterattack was begun against the more classical ways of thinking. The implications of instrumentalism were worked out by Bergson so as to push it to the farthest limits of metaphysical speculation. Bergson's own original impetus came from his revision and restatement of biological evolution, one of the all-absorbing subjects of his time. Darwin attempted to explain the origin of species in terms of the mechanistic action and interaction between rival competitive forces. Bergson, on the other hand, thought in terms of creative evolution, giving to the general theory a new and verticalized orientation. Evolution to Bergson meant a creative process taking place between forces inside living beings, meeting their own counterparts from the outside world. According to him, the evolution of the eye in fish or animals results from the vital urges inside, <coughs> interacting with the light coming from without. The, there is a subtle dialectical interaction between counterparts taking place not in the field of visible movements, 
but in a movement imaginable from inside in terms of a schema, schema motor. This is a verticalized version of the actual movement without the contradiction of successive stops needed to accomplish the succession of movement from point to point. Paradox is here transcended by Bergson's process of creative evolution. Such a process is intuitively felt rather than discursively analyzed. Furthermore, in creative evolution, the interaction between the inside and the outside of a thing takes place on the levels of instinct and intelligence. Both these factors participate intimately in the process of evolution. The subtle implications of action taking place in Bergsonian evolution also form the basis of Bergsonian instrumentalism. This type of instrumentalism, as we have said, <coughs> must be distinguished from the ordinary instrumentalism based upon American pragmatism, the philosophy of a democratic technocracy reaching towards expansion and progress. The double-sidedness of Bergsonian instrumentalism is further evidenced by his reference to a law of twofold frenzy. From this frenzy, Bergson's notion of mysticism arises. Bergson also traces his own imagination, the way the various stages of the vital impetus as it passes from instinctive levels to contemplative ones, terminates in what he calls complete mysticism. We read, Shaken to its depths by the current which is about to sweep it forward, the soul ceases to revolve around itself and escapes for a moment from the law which demands that the species and the individual should condition one another. It stops as though to listen to a voice calling, then it lets itself go straight onwards. Then comes a boundless joy, an all-absorbing ecstasy or an enthralling rapture. God is there and the soul as is in God. The ecstasy is indeed rest, if you like, but as though at a station where the engine is still under steam, the onward movement becoming a vibration on one spot <clears throat> until it is time to race forward again. But though the soul becomes in thought and feeling absorbed in God, something of it remains outside that something is the will, whence the soul's action, if it acted, would quite naturally proceed. Its life, then, is not yet divine. The soul is aware of this, hence its vague disquietude, hence the agitation in repose, which is the striking feature of what we call complete mysticism. It means that the impetus has acquired the momentum to go further, that ex that ecstasy affects indeed the ability to see and to feel, but that there is besides the will, which itself has to find its way back to God. Pause there.